Hello, and welcome to Fraud Eat Strategy, a podcast series in which we explore the myriad ways that fraud, corruption, and misconduct can derail strategy and upend your business. I'm Scott Moritz, a Senior Managing Director in FTI's Risk and Investigations Practice, where I assist clients and their outside counsel in managing their response to event-driven white-collar crime, misconduct, and bribery incidents. In this episode, we're going to discuss the resumption of business travel and what that means to all of us. So following 9-11, the United States experienced an unprecedented shutdown of air travel with no flights whatsoever. It was an incredible time, and it seemed inconceivable that all U.S. airlines were grounded. Equally incredible is that travel resumed after three days. At that time, it seemed like a once-in-a-lifetime disruption. Enter COVID-19. While the airlines never completely shut down or were grounded, the disruption to global air travel and the hospitality industry has been nothing short of cataclysmic, and it's lasted you know, 16 months and counting. Just like the days, weeks, and months following 9-11, travel will forever be impacted by COVID-19. So joining me today to discuss what we can expect once we resume being road warriors is Michael Savicki. Vice President for Risk, Compliance, and ESG for the Americas, and Global Head of Privacy and Commercial Compliance at American Express Global Business Travel. So Michael is the Global Head for Privacy and Commercial Compliance, Sales and Marketing Guidelines, and New Product Approval. Before joining Amex Global Business Travel, Michael served as a Senior Attorney at Sikorsky Aircraft, Counsel at Deutsche Bank, and as a Senior Litigation Associate at law firm Fried Frank, Harris, Schreiber, and Jacobson. So welcome, Michael, and thanks for joining me today. Scott, thank you for having me. I appreciate the opportunity to join you on your podcast. Well, you're welcome. Glad to have you. So it's fair to say that business travel is going to look very different. So, you know, remember when it used to seem weird when we saw everyone walking out in public wearing a surgical mask? Now it doesn't seem so weird. In fact, it looks weird when someone's not wearing a mask. So this rapidly changing dynamic of the global pandemic are really requiring companies to significantly revisit their travel policies and then keep doing it as the landscape and the guidance just keeps evolving during this very dynamic time in our history. So what changes should companies think about making to their travel policies? And for those that still don't have a travel policy, is that posture really even an option anymore? Well, Scott, I mean, it certainly has been an eventful 18 months, and it really brings home the phrase where change is the only constant here. Corporations have been required to reexamine their role and approach to employee safety and duty of care principles. You know, here in the U.S., there's been a significant amount of success with the vaccination rollout, which I think has directly resulted in a return to travel. We saw we're taping this right after the Memorial Day holiday weekend. TSA security checkpoints are quickly approaching back to 2019 levels and certainly have reached year-on-year highs here on a, on a regular basis as we've continued throughout 2021. You know, as it relates to business travel, I would agree it certainly is a best practice to have a documented travel policy for employees and your sponsored travelers. This provides, you know, the corporation the relevant rules or road and guidance for travelers prior booking while in transit and upon returning to their individual offices or homes. You know, today, employers do need processes that enable the regular review and update of their travel policy in light of, you know, the frequent regulatory changes we've seen over the past, again, 18 months in response to, you know, the ongoing reaction to COVID-19. Companies must understand the need to protect the well-being of their employees and their own corporate reputation and how their travelers can represent them while on the road. Thanks, Michael. 
So some organizations have adopted the leading industry practice of integrating their corporate travel agency into their travel security program. So under those circumstances, when a business traveler books a trip through the travel agency, they may then receive the latest travel security information about the risks that may exist in their destination cities. You know, typically this is information that cautions travelers about maybe the crime problem in the city that they're traveling to, any kind of terrorism activity, things like kidnapping risk, which in you know, parts of the world are a very real danger, particularly to business travels or other ways that business travelers may be targeted. So what are companies doing now to enhance this, you know, very useful practice of, you know, integrating with their global travel agency and getting important information out to their business travelers, particularly with respect to COVID-related information? And, and should we expect to see that now as an integrated sort of information data point in these travel advisories? It's a great question. I think just to step back, it's not a new component by any stretch, as you alluded to, business travel, but duty of care has taken on an added layer of importance. And I think surprisingly, uh, innovation. Corporations who are paying for their employees and sponsored travels want to ensure that their travelers are traveling safely. And the key phrase when I talk to our clients and you know we talk about these issues is forearmed is to be forewarned, right? And so as you mentioned, there are a number of extremely distinguished duty care providers in this area providing very important and useful travel security advisory updates. We're also seeing a number of different providers entering the health pass, digital wallet space concerning proof of vaccination. In New York State, for example, we've seen the success of the Excelsior Pass as a means of proving vaccination status and also closely monitoring us as an organization. We're closely monitoring health pass development throughout the travel space as health wallets, I think, are likely going to be a part of the return to travel. But you know, obviously, that's currently a complex and fragmented space. Given the complexities and need to aggregate numerous data sources in connection with COVID-related travel, we at American Express Global Business Travel created our own free tool, Travel Vitals, which provides relevant information on evolving travel guidance and government regulatory requirements and allows you know, an individual to search across different components of a trip for information and advisories. But whatever tool or technology an individual or a corporation chooses to use, the key here is being properly prepared for potential issues and planning accordingly to ensure your travelers are safe throughout their journey. So again, as, as best practice, I completely agree. Corporations should be consider working with a dedicated vendor to support their travelers prior to and during their journey. So as a follow-up to that, if a company maybe hasn't integrated their corporate travel agency into their travel security, what resources should travelers be utilizing to make sure that they're informed about the potential risks around traveling to a particular city or country? So I'm partial to our uh, Travel Vitals tool. Again, there are many different resources for travelers to review prior to travel. Other very well-known providers include ISOS or WorldWare. As you know, federal, state, and local governments have responded to COVID with various res restrictions that are intended and designed to stop the spread. Thankfully, with the continued success of the vaccination rollout, particularly, you know, again, here in the U.S., we're seeing a significant easing of these restrictions, but that can change on a regular basis. For example, I think it was two weeks ago now, we saw the U.S. State Department a level four do not travel advisory for Japan. So the key is to use a, you know, a very reputable provider that has current information. And, you know, just a word of caution, as we've seen throughout the fraud implications that can arise, you know, be very careful about sharing any personal information about your trip, 
your address, your telephone, email address, as there are numerous examples of bad actors using, you know, fictitious business email compromise schemes to prey on travelers and engage in fraud in this area. The topic of an upcoming episode of the podcast, actually. I think it's fair to say that many business travelers are perhaps somewhat oblivious to the dangers of foreign business travel. I mean, obviously, COVID-19, is that's an unavoidable danger, and I think the, the world is pretty mindful of it. But there's you know, some very real dangers that pre-existed COVID that continue to pose a danger to business travelers and consultants in particular, which I am one. We're kind of hardwired to tell our clients yes. And that includes, you know, when asked to go somewhere in the world without perhaps fully considering the potential hazards that exist in those parts of the world. Add the fact that infection rates vary wildly from one country to the next, you know, borders that have been intermittently closing and reopening. And then, you know, concepts like you just mentioned a moment ago, things like vaccine passports and outright travel bans. There's a lot of inconsistent information to have to sift through. What steps should travelers take before they head to the airport or the train station? I think we're all sort of, all right, it's time to go. I got to go to the airport, but maybe some prior planning may be in order given the current environment. It's a great point. Again, I think I stress the level of change and the level of change we've seen in the past 18 months. It's really, it's constant. It's unprecedented. Employers here really need to take care of their travelers. They need to make sure their travelers have up-to-date information about restrictions, border closures, entry requirements, quarantine measures, which again, as you alluded to, they're still out there, particularly in the international realm. There really should be a documented approval process internally prior to booking. This again, allows you to sort of understand and see where your travelers are going and provide that appropriate guidance prior to and during the, the trip. You alluded to it, and I, again, I think this area is going to be an area of growth, is what, if any, health wallets are required or potentially just beneficial for the journey, similar to a TSA pre-check type status. And how does that integrate into the ecosystem as this space matures? With these regulatory developments constantly evolving, you know, this is where a global travel management company can be uniquely helpful with uh, corporate travel managers to make sure they're keeping the tour. The policies in place, the approval process in place, and the support so that traveler stays well informed prior to and, and throughout their business trip. So we've talked a lot about it, sort of getting ready to travel and deciding whether or not taking a trip is prudent in light of the risk. But what about while someone's on the road? That the ship has sailed literally and figuratively in terms of, you know, now that person is is, you know, far from home and outside of their maybe comfort zone. So what are some new best practices to stay safe on the road that business travelers must be prepared to do that perhaps weren't necessary or at least not top of mind prior to the pandemic? This is an area where, again, if employers should encourage their travelers to book through their existing systems, so that way they have knowledge of where their employees are traveling, and then travelers can be fully aware of the risk mitigation best practices and Choose the appropriate pre-approved supplier, be it the airline, the hotel, or even the airport. For example, U.S. government last year and has continued to update via the Department of Transportation, Homeland Security, and Health and Human Services, non-binding guidance, which highlighted best practices and key mitigation strategies for travelers, airlines, and airports. In addition, an employer's global security team or travel management company should have the tools that locate employees traveling on business, such as tracing corporate card swipe data or geo-tracking by a mobile app on a company device, 
Should an event occur, employers will want to contact their travelers and will need immediate access to this information. Finally, if an employee falls ill during a trip, employers will need the right insurance and a way to efficiently repatriate that individual if they're cross-border or outside of their home jurisdiction. So the feedback on air carriers and some other modes of transit has been kind of mixed in terms of how effectively air and rail carriers have been implementing COVID protocols. Most travel policies under maybe normal circumstances require business travels to book the most cost-effective carrier. But you know, how does the fact that a given carrier may not be keeping the middle seat open, for example, or their crews have experienced a recent outbreak and that's become public knowledge, it just makes things very murky. So how are company travel policies taking these variables into consideration and allowing travelers maybe a little bit more discretion in terms of their choice of carrier? It's a great question. I mean, it's obviously it's a very it varies from different clients, but I think it's an, obviously it's a dynamic area where employers want to care for their most important asset, which is their employees. And there's a huge emphasis, you know, on these duty of care issues that we're seeing from our clients. I think video conferencing, <laughs> obviously, as as we're taping this podcast, it's been highly effective. But frankly, it can't replace the importance of in-person meetings and building those asking relationships. You know, key clients, vendors, and suppliers. You know, Jamie Dimon, the CEO of JP Morgan, recently said he was brimming with ideas after a trip to California that he wouldn't get from Zoom meetings. And clients have told him that in some cases where, you know, his company's lost business to rivals, it was because bankers from the other guys visited and ours didn't. Well, that's a lesson. And we're hearing similar stories from our clients. So employers are looking for a way to facilitate a return to business travel in a safe manner. And having flexible travel policies to allow for booking activity that is commensurate with that is a key component of returning to travel. You mentioned a moment ago, you know, obviously a very important, perhaps the most important variable is that, you know, now that many people in the U.S. have been fully vaccinated, many of the strictures mandating quarantine are starting to fall by the wayside. But what happens if a traveler uh, is exposed to an infected person while traveling, what are you know companies requiring under this scenario? And what steps should travelers be taking to make sure that they their health insurance is applicable in the country that they're visiting and and they have perhaps, depending on the severity of their illness, the, the ability to be evacuated? I mean, much like business continuity planning and, and disaster recovery, I mean, this is an area where you know employers need to plan ahead. You know, a year ago, I wrote an article on why risk compliance and ESG principles matter more than ever. And I think that underlying premise has held up well as corporations who've invested in their people and their values have benefited. A critical component to that is having the appropriate insurance and planning in place for any disruptions. And employers, you know, should be taking this time to review their insurance policies, ensure their travel policies and that there's an appropriate coverage for their employees and sponsored travel travelers while in transit. So earlier, you, you mentioned a couple of companies by name, and there are certainly a few of them out there that organizations use to facilitate emergency evacuation in cases of you know, medical emergency or civil unrest. You know, sometimes just happens without warning. Natural disasters, likewise, you know, just while you're on the road. You need to have a, a plan to get out of there when all hell is breaking loose. So what should travelers be doing to make sure that they have access to these types of resources, 
I mean, many organizations have them, but you know, perhaps business travelers may not be as familiar with them. You know, making sure your travelers know how to reach and locate these resources and during a time where even there might be disruptions to, you know, even cell phone service. It's a critical point. And, you know, to me, it really underscores the importance of having, you know, a dedicated security provider or global travel management company that has dedicated counselors available around the clock via phone, mobile, chat, or online through technology tools to help identify disruptions and respond to issues accordingly. I mean, this is where corporate travel managers need to keep their travel policies current, make sure their travelers are well-informed during their business trip and have means of communicating and be aware of how to respond in case of a disruption. It's the old Benjamin Franklin quote, right? Failing to prepare is preparing to fail. And this is an area where putting in that time beforehand can pay significant dividends. And so making sure you and your travelers are empowered with the most current information is the easiest way to prepare for the unexpected. This whole concept can make your head swim. I know I've traveled to some high-risk locations over the years, and I've made some bad decisions in terms of where I went and, and my level of preparedness prior to leaving and then you know planning for you know, how things are going to go on the ground. And fortunately, it worked out. But you know, my travel sometimes is also entails pitting myself against local people who don't want me to delve into their business. So there's that variable too. It's not just the dangers inherent to where you're going. But what you're doing, you know, that's another variable that I think consultants, you know, for that matter, people in compliance roles, legal roles, um, they, they should factor into it as well. Is there anything about the nature of what it is that I'm doing in that location that should cause me to rethink the risks? Because that, I think, is something that people often, consultants and lawyers and compliance officers, were, were a little desensitized to the fact that a lot of what we do is kind of adversarial. And adversarial isn't always just argument. There's some real dangers, you know, depending on who you're dealing with. So, yeah, I mean, I think all of these things, you know, in a lot of ways, feels like COVID-19 has caused us to restate a lot of what's obvious. And, you know, maybe it wasn't as obvious as it should have been prior to this global pandemic. It's true, but I also think, you know, in the same breath, it's been a great opportunity to reset. And then now, you know, the value of getting back to those in-person meetings, I, I think, are going to be uh, even more pronounced. And so I'm excited for it, and I, I look forward to uh, returning to travel. I do, too. It's really, it's kind of strange. I'm so accustomed, you know, to a road warrior, and, and now, you know, a big trip for me is an outing to the grocery store. It's time to kind of expand my horizons a little bit. Well, Michael, this has been great, you know, and it really, you know, I learned a few things. I hadn't realized that American Express Global Business Travel had a resource that, you know, is available for people to use, and I'm going to make sure that I check that out. Kind of an exciting, exciting time. Life seems like it's coming roaring back, not just limping back, and this has been really, really uh, insightful stuff that you shared today. Terrific. No, I appreciate the opportunity and thank you. Uh, thank you for the time. All right. Well, thank you. That was American Express Global Business Travel Vice President for Risk, Compliance, and ESG for the Americas, Michael Savicki. This concludes this episode of Fraud Eat Strategy. I'm Scott Moritz and thank you for listening. Stay tuned for the next episode of Fraud Eat Strategy. If you have an idea about a fraud or corruption case, topic, or guest, you'd like to hear about on a future episode, email us at fraudeatsstrategy at fticonsulting.com. Thanks for listening. 